as Jesus was leaving the temple. This is from Mark chapter 13. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. Would it surprise you to hear that I find this comforting? Would it surprise you if I said these were words of comfort from Jesus Christ? Jesus is just really honest about stuff that happens in the world. You know, we, we do a good job of managing our own lives, don't we? We do a good job of kind of holding things together. If we've got a career, if we've got children, families, hobbies, whatever it is, we all do a pretty good job of just holding it together. And that's good. That's a good thing. But actually, it's okay sometimes to say things are a mess. Now the thing that I find so comforting about this passage is that Jesus looks out at the world around him And he says, you know, you may see some things in the world around you that are a mess. That's reality. You may see bad things happening in the world. And we know from the Old Testament that that was not the Father's will. The Father's will in creation was for good. But things have gone off course a bit. Jesus says, I see these things. But there's hope. Is hope. How? Jesus presents this weird idea about talking about the temple. He's standing in front of the temple that had been taken all of these years to build, and he says, Look, I'm going to, you just watch. It'll, it can be torn down in three days and then built again. And they're thinking, This is bizarre because we just, it's taken us nearly half a century to build this temple. And of course, he wasn't talking about the grand building in Jerusalem, he's talking about his body. And you know, the amazing thing in that story is Jesus says, in effect, I am taking the brokenness of the world, all of the bad situations, all the stuff that's gone wrong, 
that is all about our hearts, but also about stuff out there. You know, if you've been tuning in to COP26, if you read the news, you see wars going on in the world, you know that things aren't perfect. Jesus acknowledges this. He's honest about it. He says, look, I'm not trying to paper things over. But in effect, when he's talking about the temple being rebuilt, he's saying, I want you to watch something in the crucifixion and the resurrection. I want you to watch what happens. I am going to take the brokenness of the entire world, that includes what's in my life, that nobody else may know about, and I'm going to take the brokenness that's on display in the world, the suffering, the famine, the disease, COVID, cancer, warfare, all of it. I'm going to take all of it onto my body as a sacrifice. What a strange concept. If you haven't heard that before, it's a strange, it's a strange thing, isn't it? That Jesus, this, that God would come in human form, come down to earth, allow all of this brokenness of the world to, to rest on his body. But do you know what happens when he does that? So he goes, and he hangs on his cross, and he dies. He does indeed die for a limited period of time before he's brought back to life. When he dies, so the Bible tells us, it brings to death all of the brokenness of the world on him, on that cross. It brings to death all the bad stuff in the world. And when he comes back to life, he says, now this, this is the new life in me, and you also, when you die, will be reborn in this new life. The thing that we've been pressing into as a church over recent months is this idea of being reborn, really. Being reborn in our death into the resurrection, but also being reborn in the present through the power of the Spirit, and the baptism of the Spirit. Jesus is actually really interested in your present circumstances. Let me tell you a story. There's an artist who just recently died. Uh, she was famous in the States, but um, you may not have heard of her. Her name is Julie Green, and she did enamel work, mostly on, on plates. She was very, very famous for doing enamel work on plates, all kinds of different paintings, designs. And many years ago, she took on a project of painting plates. It was called The Last Supper. Now, you may be aware that in America, for many years, we've had capital punishment. The electric chair, gas chamber, and those who are consigned to death by the penal system go on death row, where they wait to be executed. Every prisoner who goes through that is offered a last meal of their choice. And what Julie did is she was deeply interested in all of these lives 
These lives of these prisoners who the court said there's no hope for. And she went and heard their story, but mostly she wanted to know, what was your Last Supper request? Here's a few. Fried chicken, T-bone steak, and Coca-Cola. That's one meal. Lobster. One prisoner just requested a whole cheesecake. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Broiled crawfish, crackers. One prisoner requested nothing. I want nothing for my last meal. In the end, she made some 800 plates, all with enameled, beautifully crafted design of what that meal was, whether it was fish or lobster or steak or palmal cigarettes, whatever it was. 800 plates on display. They're on display now, actually, in the U.S. And I think that's important. You know, I think their story speaks into my story, and I think it speaks into all of our stories, because at the end of the day, we are often, all of us, so busy about building our own plates. Building them up with the food that we choose. Building them up with the things that we think are good and right. And Jesus is really clear in moments like this in Mark when he paints a picture and he says, essentially, you can have your own way or you can have my way. We can have our own way which looks like the way of the world with brokenness and famine and suffering, climate change. No, it's not all. It's not all disaster. I tend to be an optimist about these things. I think that God's doing something incredible in the world. I think things are changing. What I'm trying to say is that I don't think it's because of me. I don't think it's because of human endeavors. I don't think it's because of the organizations that I belong to or the associations I have or the good works that I do. I just believe that God does it simply because he loves us. And he brings it home to us. It's all of this activity in the world that God is deeply interested in. And there's all this activity in your life and in my life that God is deeply interested in. You know, the challenge for us is that plate of food. What are you building on your plate? What food are you placing on that plate? Jesus says, come and sit at my table. Let me feed you. Let me feed you the real grand feast of full life, of love and joy and peace. These things are on offer now. Come and join me at my table. Don't sit in isolation. Rapidly building your own plate. I'll take that, thanks. I'm going to take that from you. You don't need that. I'm going to take that. That's what I want. I deserve this. You know, in our limited economy, there's not enough for all. There's not. 
You know, in so many cases of warfare around the world, the actual cause is, is famine, ecological disaster, fighting over resources. There's not enough. But in God's economy, there is always surplus. There's always more than enough. And the amazing thing about what Jesus is talking about, this isn't, this isn't just on the cosmic scale. It isn't just in the earthly domain. It's in our personal lives as well. They're intricately linked. Whatever crisis you're going through, my bet is it's a crisis of poverty. Maybe not material poverty. It's a crisis of scarcity. Maybe not material scarcity. But what the Father has in store for you in your life, and some of you, only you know what that is, what that area is that needs attention, that area of poverty or scarcity. What the Father wants in your life is not just to fill it back up, He wants to bless it so that it multiplies. He wants to show you that the plate he builds for you overflows. There's not just enough, there's more than enough. You know, for lots of folks, everyday life is a struggle. For lots of folks, even who have money, even who are successful CEOs, even who have successful businesses, drive nice cars. Life is a struggle. For folks at the other end of the margin, maybe live in poverty, suffer with addiction, life is a struggle. There's so much we have in common with our neighbors. And sometimes we just don't see it because we're busy building this plane. This is my plate of food, you know? If you've grown up with brothers and sisters, sometimes it's habit, kind of covering your plate at mealtime. That's mine. Before hands creep in and start to pull out the nice bits. Those who are laughing, you know what I'm talking about. It's real. The struggle is real. I think... Can we, let's enter a time of worship. What I'd love to, love to think about is, maybe today, if you're ready, if you're ready, you don't have to, it's purely optional, but if you're ready, and you want to exchange your plate for what the Father has in store for you, you just bring it right up here. This, you know, it's not committed to anything, it's not, it's not saying that, you know, we have everything worked out. It's just saying, look, I'm interested. Jesus, I'm, I'm interested in, in what you might have as an alternative at your table. I'm just, I'm just interested. I'm not committing, I'm not signing on the dotted line. But I want to trade my claim for yours. How different are we really from those prisoners on death row when we get to the end of our life? All you got is a plate of food and all gets taken away. Let's stand and worship.